it is with pleasure, it is with joy, it is with honor that I introduce our, our story tonight. It's Charles and Karen Bundren, and as they make their way to the stage, I do hope, and I see this every week, that you guys are opening your notepads, you're pulling out your notes on your phone, you're taking note of what the stories are about. We do hope that you can grab three takeaways tonight and uh, listen to what God has done in this sweet family. So guys, give a warm welcome for the Bundrens. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, that's right, because normally I have yellow, amber, or amber and red and green lights when I'm talking, because I'm a lawyer. When the red light goes on, you sit down. So, so that, that's the reason we have this, is because otherwise we'd be real off track. Hi, we're Charles and Karen Bundren from Frisco, Texas. We met when Karen answered my newspaper ad. In May of this year, uh, we celebrated our 31st wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. I actually had black hair back then, didn't I? Uh, we've been re-engaged leaders for over six years. We've been members at Watermark for 10 years. We have four adult children. Uh, I call them grown and gone and employed. Oh, I'm sorry. Got to stay on track here. Three daughters, one son. They're all actively involved here at Watermark. Um, over 31 years, it was a long and frustrating journey to get where we are today. And one of our biggest fights that we had early on uh, was when we were in, engaged, and it was over plastic buttons. Um, I wanted to save $5 on the men's tuxes at the wedding. But Karen won the argument, and we had cloth buttons that cost $5 more. But in hindsight, that should have given us a clue of, of a conflict and the elephant that we were going to see in our marriage. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a cheapskate, okay? He's grown. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up the oldest of four children. My parents divorced when I was 10 years old. After the divorce, my father abandoned the family, and I rarely saw him. I accepted Christ at an early age on a Sunday morning in a church. I grew up in a very legalistic church environment. We were at church every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, every time the doors were open. My father was never around during the 10 years that he was with the family. My mother was a strong-willed woman, and my father was very passive and not a spiritual leader in our home at all. Uh, in fact, he was not a leader really at all. My mother ran the roost. Um, my grandfather was my spiritual leader, my mom's uh, father. I spent a lot of time with my grandfather as a young boy growing up. And he led more by example than by his words. But we had a lot of great conversations, a lot of great spiritual discussions uh, as I hung out with him over those years. Hi, guys. I'm Karen. I grew up in Dallas in a family with a long legacy of God-fearing parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents. My two brothers and I were taught the Bible. I went to a conservative Bible church and learned to love God at a very early age. One afternoon after vacation Bible school, around the age of five, my grandmother prayed with me to receive Jesus as my Savior. I remember it like it was yesterday. Matthew 19 says, um, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the, heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Parents, I just want to encourage you that your kids are never too young to start sharing with them the love of Jesus and teaching them uh, about his amazing grace. So as a kid growing up, I loved sports, all kinds of sports. Uh, Johnny Unitas, if I go all the way back. Uh, guys like that. Some of you don't know who he is. <laughs> You're too young. Uh, uh, but I, I quickly learned that I was too small and too slow, and I wasn't going to excel in sports, although I loved it. 
Um, and so I didn't see a way out to really change my circumstances. Uh, we didn't grow up very wealthy. We grew up pretty poor. And I figured out the only way I was going to change things was through education. So I got accepted to Texas Tech, but I found the first year of college to be very, very uh, challenging for me. I wasn't really prepared for it. After my first semester and not having enough money to stay, I came home and I attended a local community college for the next two semesters. Then I returned to Texas Tech in Lubbock, yeah. Um, and I got involved really there with a bunch of great people and uh, got a, what's a community group, but at that time we didn't call it that. I grew a lot spiritually during my last two years of college and then I got into Texas Tech Law School. And during my law school years, I grew a lot spiritually and I became a very outspoken um, advocate concerning my Christian faith and things that I saw going on in the environment with religious freedom. And as a kid, um, I watched my parents fight a lot. They did not have the tools or skills to resolve conflict well. Rarely did they practice Ephesians 4.26, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't get me wrong, they loved each other very much. They just lacked communication skills at and at times, the desire to seek understanding. This environment of loud arguing, usually always over money, um, it, it caused me to shrink back and run from conflict. From elementary school through high school, we spent weekends at our farm in East Texas. My dad, with his military background, would um, have my brothers uh, and I wake up at 6.30 in the morning, work cows, fix fences, mow pastures, you name it. We did it until late in the night. Um, The opportunity to work hard on weekends instilled in us a strong work ethic. This would later lead to a struggle with being performance-driven and seeking approval of man rather than God. In high school and college, as I dated, I took pride, which is never a good thing, um, in not crossing the line. However, I dated in a way that did not honor the Lord. I found myself looking for affirmation through boyfriends rather than to the Lord for my security and self-worth. This stemmed from past hurts as a young kid. I'm thankful for Regen, our 12-step recovery ministry here at Watermark, where this came to the surface and through God's grace was able to forgive those who had caused the hurt. These hurts from my childhood uh, played a part in the way that I had dated and led to issues in our marriage, specifically in lack of desire for physical intimacy. It was sweet to be reminded and re-engaged that physical intimacy is God's blessing and is a form of worship which he has given couples in the context of marriage. So after Karen answered my newspaper ad uh, to lease the condominium, uh, I had the opportunity to meet her family. Y'all were wondering about that, weren't you? Uh, It took me three showings, but I was very attracted to her and her family. I met her father, her mother, her brothers, uh, Johnny and Scott. Um, I never thought I would meet my wife through a newspaper ad. That just wasn't on my list. But by the grace of God, we did meet. And there's a long story we don't have time to go into there. She doesn't want me to anyway. (laughs) But after meeting Karen and her family, I saw in Karen a godly woman who feared the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 31, 30 through 31, which I just read a few days ago, says that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and that her works bring praise at the city gate. And that's the way I felt about Karen then, and I do now. It didn't take me long to realize that Karen was a Proverbs 31 woman. She had compassion and love for people. She worked hard. She was diligent. And besides, she was a whole lot of fun, which I was not. Um, I pursued Karen vigorously uh, after I collected my lease commission on that condo. You remember the story about the buttons? Okay. 
but she wasn't interested in me. Uh, I continued to pursue her despite repeated rejection, which is not my style. Um, and I was finally able to define the relationship. They call it the DTR now, at least that's what our kids call it, after an ice cream outing at Brahms. About a year later, I proposed, and we were married nine months later. Our premarital counseling consisted of a weekend away with the pastor and his wife uh, and some other people, uh, but we didn't see the elephant in the room in the impending conflicts that we were going to have in our marriage. Charles and I married after a rocky dating period. While dating, I was very selfish with my time. I was living for Karen and her schedule and honestly not ready to give up my freedom. When Charles asked me to marry him, I didn't say yes right away. I said, well, I can't say no. I knew it was God's will for me. There was no doubt about that. Yet I knew um, that would mean dying to self and having to be obedient to the Lord. And I'm so thankful I did. Um, he's awesome. It was yeah, me just... too. <laughs> um, we were uh, married, and 17 months later, we had our first daughter, Brittany. 15 months after Brittany, we had our second daughter, Blair. And two years later, our twins, John and Jennifer, arrived. That's a handful right there. Yep. I don't remember much about this time. With four babies, three and under, <laughs> it was a successful day if they all got a bath, their hair brushed, clothes on, fed, and back in the bed with their teeth brushed by nighttime. That time was so stressful for our marriage. Charles was working 12 to 14 hours a day, so the kids and I rarely saw him. We had made some pretty dumb financial decisions, which brought on extra burdens we could hardly bear. I became the dripping faucet when he was at home. I did. You don't have to agree. <laughs> I hadn't planned to have it's a stone four face. babies. Don't, don't <laughs> yeah, I hadn't quite planned to have four babies so soon and then parent them without a husband around. A few months after Brittany was born, my granddad died. And 10 months after Blair was born, my dad, at age 56, passed away as well. I began to resent the Lord and any man that was close to me. I felt like they were all abandoning me. And yet Proverbs 3.26 says, The Lord will be with you at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. He penetrated my hard heart and softened it, which made me know that he is the only father I needed. I was so focused on my situation that I didn't realize that pressure that Charles was under at the office and at home. You know, I look back now, and um, I'm really surprised that he even wanted to come home at all. I wasn't exactly pleasant uh, to be around. My heart was growing angry and bitter towards him. I started to only, uh, not only dislike him, I developed uh, in my heart a hatred toward him. The four or five hours he was home, all we did was argue about spending money. Remember, I hated conflict, so it felt like the arguing was only one direction, and that was at me. I would mentally check out, shut down, and run for safety. So very quickly into the marriage, I realized we were very different and that we had come from very different families of origin. Um, quickly, we began to have conflict over finances and money. Remember the five, $5 buttons, right? And when the economy downturned, the law firm I was working for started to experience contraction in the legal services, the lack of money became a very big conflict for us in our marriage. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. We were slaves. All I could do was thinking about how hard I could work in order to make more money, but that took me away from the kids and from Karen. At one point, our credit card debt was completely out of control, and we owed over $120,000 in credit card debt. We were struggling just to make minimum payments. The law firm business did not improve at that time, 
and I was yoked to the performance of a lot of other people over whom I had no control. Eventually, the home that we built uh, while we uh, were dating and engaged uh, was foreclosed on, and the debt and the money problems just continued. This created tremendous stress in our marriage and on our relationship. It was hard for us to have calm conversations and any kind of intimacy because of the financial stress we were facing. I was not a good money manager at that time. I did not plan appropriately, was not sensitive enough to Karen and her needs. Um, and at this point, I decided I needed to leave the law firm and to open my own law practice. As it turned out, that was a, one of the best decisions I could have made to help our marriage and our family. It wasn't until a two-and-a-half-week trip to India when the kids were four, three, and a year and a half did I get away long enough from our situation to see where I was causing a lot of the problem. During this trip to India with our pastor and his wife, I sought counseling. Um, they pretty much told me I needed to draw the circle around myself, but they didn't call it that back then. <laughs> I came home and prayed that God would help me change my heart. Um, I can remember crying out to God in the shower to forgive me and to help me start liking Charles again. I then made a choice to respect him, to pray for him, and to begin to choose to serve him. And yes, it was a choice, not a feeling. I did this expecting no change from him in return. It was a decision to lay down my hurts and my anger and trust God to change me. I knew Romans fourteen twelve said, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. I stopped trying to make him what I wanted him to be and began trying to be who God called me to be. We um, call this our pre-India and post-India days. At this point, I began to help with all the finances. As I took on the accounting for his law firm and our household, my eyes were opened to the reason for such stress. I'm so thankful he let me into this part of his world. I had a whole new realization of our dreadful situation. Karen's trip to India was definitely a turning point in our marriage. I was trying to change her, and she was trying to change me, and that didn't work too well. Uh, we both began to realize that we cannot change each other. Only God can change your spouse. Only God can change you. We were both frustrated from trying to change each other. When Karen returned from the trip, we began to work through some of the conflict issues that had arisen, arisen primarily related to financial issues. By that time, I had left the law firm. I could spend more time with the family, with Karen, and I had more control over the hours that I worked and the income that I was able to achieve. This helped to relieve some of the financial stress, and we eventually began to communicate with each other a whole lot better. For years, we lived parallel lives with our kids all involved in multiple sports. We had very little time for each other. The twins graduated high school in 2010, and all four headed to College Station, and yep, attended Texas A&M together. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> At that time, all of a sudden, we found ourselves as empty nesters. Um, we decided to come to re-engage and um, have realized how out of whack our priorities had been for so, so many years. The skills we learned at Reengage were significant in helping us learn to communicate effectively. It taught us how to recognize and deal with unmet expectation and trained us in quickly forgiving hurts. These have strengthened and blessed our marriage beyond measure, and to God be the glory. We truly strive to live out Hebrews 12:14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone, meaning your spouse too, and to be holy. It reengaged to help us to uh, refocus on our marriage and to learn the basic tools that are necessary to make our marriage successful. 
We also started to lead small groups and re-engage, and in the process of doing that, we got the opportunity to continually use the re-engage materials and steps to continue to build our marriage relationship. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water to the word, and to present, herself to, him, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. I learned that I have to continually love to, to love Karen more and more each day, just as Christ loved the church, and I needed to stop trying to change Karen and to control Karen, because that didn't work. <laughs> Today we are debt-free, except for a partial mortgage on our home, so we don't have the financial stress that we had in the past, and we were able to manage our time much more efficiently. My relationship with my dad was restored. Uh, he lived in our home with us for five years before he went home to the Lord in March. Care not communicate better. Although not perfectly, <clears throat> in times of conflict, we've learned how to... <clears throat> we've learned how to resolve the conflict on my part as I did in the past. We have more time and excitement about studying God's Word together. We are actively involved in the Watermark Community Group. We have great relationships within that group. We enjoy serving together and re-engage. And we enjoy praying, <clears throat> praying together for our family. I re-engage small group couples. I've lost my voice. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. Let me just get it back here. Uh, anyway, we got small group couples for our, and we pray for our country and ministry. Okay, take it away. Okay. <laughs> it's still tender. <laughs> we see God's faithfulness in taking two broken people and using challenging times to teach them that he is the only one who we can look to for satisfaction and complete dependence. He has been faithful in every situation. He is the one who brings peace in our lives. In Isaiah 26, 3, Isaiah claims of the Lord, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. We have found this to be absolutely true. We are um, thankful for our four kids who love and serve the Lord. These last three and a half years, we've added two wonderful son-in-laws, Daniel and Dean, and 12 weeks ago today, the Lord made us daddy bun and honey bun to this little blessing, Miss Savannah. <laughs> We're so thankful for our parents and siblings who stuck beside us through thick and thin, and now for a community group that holds us accountable to living out God's word. We want to encourage you to, be, uh, to get honest before the Lord. What are you doing that's bringing disharmony to your marriage? God calls us to live in the unity of the Spirit. In Ephesians 4, 1-4, Paul says, I therefore, brother, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, and with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the peace and bond. I can tell you it's way better when we die to self and live for Him. Most important thing I want to say tonight, though, guys, is that re-engage re is a great ministry and a resource to get tools, and um, it'll point you to promises and truth in God's Word. 
Um, but if your marriage is not built on a foundation where both of you have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you'll continue to have disharmony. There's no doubt. But if you have any questions about that, we'd love to visit with you afterwards and um, just share with you what, what that looks like to know Christ. When we were going through our conflicts and suffering from our really bad financial decisions, it was hard to see where it would all end up 31 years ago. <clears throat> but we relied on God, close friends, and family to help us through the difficult times. I really needed to learn to stay in my circle, uh, to work on me and my relationship with God, and I needed to stop trying to control and change Karen. It didn't work, and it doesn't work today. <laughs> Ask yourself this question. How is what you're doing working in your marriage? Are you getting the results that you desire from your spouse? If you're getting the same results over and over again, I recommend that you change what you're doing. Stay in your circle. There are three things that I try to focus on when I'm working inside my circle. One is to know God, to fear God, and to follow God's commands. When I do these three things in my circle, it gets better. And as my circle gets better, so does my marriage. And so does my relationship with Karen. <clears throat> when I don't do these things and I step out of my circle and start to try to control Karen again, my circle gets ugly and as a result, the relationship gets really ugly. No matter what your struggle may be, and we know there's lots because we've been through so many groups, it's not, it's, it's not over because nothing is impossible with God. If you simply focus on your circle, work on you, work on your relationship with God, and just daily devote to studying his word and prayer, fearing God and fellowshipping with people in a community environment will improve and expedite your ability to more easily relate with your spouse. Your marriage will start to become everything it was envisioned to be and it could be and that God intended it when he first created marriage. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.